皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, hello Olympics fans and lovers of Shuklistan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Alison Brown. Alison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. It has been a day. Gosh, so exciting. We have so much action. Day four of competition, 29 sports on the docket. So we've got a great show coming up with some great Olympic moments that happened today. But before we get to today's action, we'd like to tell you about our Kickstarter campaign. We surprisingly got media accreditation for the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Those are less than 200 days away. It's like the old days. We are really excited for this opportunity to go and bring you a podcast experience that only comes with having an on the ground presence. But as an independent outlet, we need your support to get there. Find out more about our campaign and click check out our supporter bonuses. We are,、uh, they're pretty, I think they're pretty good. I'm, I'm very- excited about them. I might give myself money just so I can get some of these. <laughs> We're sending postcards from Beijing. Your pet can be our mascot and much, much more.、Uh, check out kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod and look for the projects we created. We also have a link to that on our website. Look for flame alive pod.com slash Tokyo.、Uh, Fantasy League update We are doing Fantasy Leagues. Uh, with listeners, how is our league doing? Well,、uh, Sholastan has a commanding lead with 159 points.、Uh, Colibri is in second with 111. And I am surprised to be in third with 85. I am not, as I predicted. <laughs> well, I love, I, I want to know who Sholastan is because that is a fantastic name. Exactly. I also want to know what everyone's team name is because that was part of the deal.、Uh, when you put together your team and you join a league, you, you pick all your athletes, but you have to name your team. And they don't let everybody else know what your team name is. And that makes me sad because I want to know what everyone's team name is. This is your roster of athletes. So、uh, my team name is Rockin' T Bakin'. That's fantastic. I love, but there's nowhere that that's mentioned. So let us know what your team names are. There is still time to get in on the action for that and for fantasy brackets. Brackets are predicting who will be on the podium for the team competitions. So check out flamealifepod.com slash Tokyo for all of those details. So, weather, it's been hot. It's been humid. Some venues have been, they, they've said the, at the beginning of competition, oh, it's kind of nice out here today. It seems to depend on whether there's any shade or not. That、yeah. seems to be the deciding factor whether people are comfortable or they're grabbing the ice vests. We do have a tropical storm coming in. It is、uh, downgraded from a typhoon down to the weakest category of tropical storm, which is good. So, archery, rowing, sailing all made changes to their schedules. But that will be interesting to see as the rains come in for what happens in all of the outdoor venues. Marty McBean, watch our favorite chef de mission. Where's I know, where in, where in the world is Marty McBean?、Uh, she was at beach volleyball, men's rugby, softball, and judo. She now has a First Nation drum that、mm. she bangs. So if you don't see her, you may hear her. That is fantastic. Exciting. All right, let's get to what happened in today's action. If you are behind on your watching and don't want to be spoiled, we are going to talk about results. So, but we'll announce each 
each sport as we get to it. So you'll have a chance to skip ahead or rewind if you need to. Uh, starting with three-on-three basketball, every team had another two games today. For the women, USA is topping the leaderboard uh, with six wins and no losses. Perfect record. ROC, China, and Japan are all at four and two. France is three and three. Italy is two and four. Romania is one and five. And Mongolia has yet to win a game. Uh, on the men's side, Serbia is on top, undefeated, six and zero. Oh. Uh, Netherlands is four and two. Belgium, ROC, and Latvia are three and three. Poland is two and four, as as is China, and Japan is one and five. Um, I watched some of uh, a good chunk of the women's China versus Japan game. Ooh, that was tight. China beat Japan 15-12, but it wasn't until the last maybe 20 seconds that you knew that they were going to win. And China has got some women who just tower over everybody. It is incredible. So I watched the Netherlands-Poland game. Great game. You know who was terrible? Who? Noah Eagle and Kyle Montgomery, who are the American announcers on NBC. Oh, no. Every basketball cliche they pulled out they are making three on three so boring and that makes me mad because it is not boring this is the same pair that said you put the round thing in the round thing and that was a highlight of their announcing oh my gosh so note to fans go to the stream for 3x3 let's move on to the archery pitch it was the men's team event which i watched a little bit of the beginning of the 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 day but haven't watched the whole uh medal matches yet gold went to korea silver went to chinese taipei bronze went to japan so korea has taken both the men's and the women's team event not a surprise because they are a powerhouse country there is a very cute clip of the women's archery team getting on the podium for their medals and in sync drawing back imaginary bows it's really cute artistic gymnastics did you watch? I have not watched it yet. And here's why I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Because American streaming is terrible. So NBC promises me 7,000 hours of coverage. I do not have cable. I have YouTube TV, which is similar to a satellite or a, a service. So if you don't have a cable provider, you don't get to watch the stream. You've got to watch it on Peacock. If you don't start the stream when it starts, you can't go back. And not only can you get, you can't go back, you can't watch it later. They put streams up like three days later that you can't watch unless you have premium. Oh, I did not realize that. So now I am stuck watching. Now I don't mind watching NBC primetime, but now I cannot watch men's gymnastics until tonight. So NBC, your 7,000 hours of coverage are useless because most of us can't watch it. Wow. So Peacock, you have to have premium, but even then you don't get to go back and, or you have to wait to go back. You do have to wait to go back, even with premium. That's interesting. And wow. let's say I start 10 minutes into a broadcast. Mm -hmm. I can't see the first 10 minutes. Right. Unless I had turned it on at that moment. Right. And you can't record it from the live streaming. Yes, which I have run into that problem too on a, on a stream where I can't record it. I am a Luddite with cable because I'm, I'm lazy and too lazy to figure out. Well, good for you on this situation. 
yeah, it's it's easy because I just type in my cable provider and I don't have to worry about anything and I can get pretty much anything I want. But some stuff has been hard to find. And it took me a long time to go back because I wanted to see some of the women's gymnastics qualifying. Uh, there was one routine where I had heard off of another podcast where uh, a gymnast supposedly did a Black Lives Matter kneeling, uh, Costa Rican Luciana uh, Alvarado. So I went back to find her division because I didn't think she was going to get into the all around. And her routine was, I, I will say that the kneel and the the fist up, at least in a in a quarter of my screen, did not look like a protest to me. It was part of the choreography. That's what I thought too. Yes. Luciana Alvarado said that was the intention of the choreography. Oh, was She that- has said that in the press, that the intention was to honor and mimic other physical protests but it's part of the choreography so will people catch it will people not catch it i I don't think people caught it because the music that went with the choreography did not feel like anything like there would be a a protest at the end because i was really curious about seeing that and would people pick up on that and would that be a rule 50 violation and you get into a conversation of you can't have a protest on the field of play, but if it is part of your routine, is that acceptable? But I don't think that's going to be noticed enough. We'll have to look for that. I mean, if she hadn't said anything in the press, n- nobody would have caught it. No, no, which is which is interesting. I also think, I don't remember, what what is in her music like rock and rolly, like 50s rock and rolly? It was a very odd to throw a protest in. It was not Eastern European folk music. No, it was not. So I will take that. You know who also didn't have Eastern European folk music? The Spanish women. Have you? Did you go? If you can go back and watch their floor exercises, because they're uh, they didn't make the team finals. So this is your one shot to see it. Their musicality is really, really good. Well, remember Georgia Servan when we spoke to her and talking about her favorite routines. I think both of her favorite routines were Spanish. Uh, women's floor because I think that's historically something they do yeah they were very fun and beautiful to watch the women's German team wearing unitards in competition getting a lot of news for that because they did not uh that was a an answer back to the sexualization of some women's uniforms uh but the men did compete so spoiler alert ROC won the gold, Japan won the silver, and China won the bronze. So I have not seen this yet. I'm very curious to know what happened to the U.S. men's team. They they weren't really, I think, expected to win a medal, but I think some performances were supposed to do well. I'm wondering, I, I'm happy that Japan won the silver. They've had an up and down gymnastics because of uh, Kohei Uchimura, who is one of their best gymnasts of all time, was doing... Uh, stuck around for Tokyo to compete in his home country and fell off the high bar. He was only in the horizontal bar event, fell off, and that was a a very sad end to his Olympic career. But it's nice that the Japanese team did do well in the silver. I will probably have more thoughts on that tomorrow. I want to mention something about ROC because I don't know if you've noticed this. The reason that the IOC said we want to call them ROC is because in Pyeongchang, it was Olympic athletes from Russia. And everybody kept saying Russia, and the IOC didn't want Russia mentioned. And yet, 
everybody on the broadcast is saying the Russian Olympic Committee. Nobody's saying ROC. <laughs> so kind of still didn't make the point they were trying to make. No. Well, you know, if they made a stronger point, maybe that would make the point. Exactly. Like, how about we actually ban the ROC? Because they're mm -hmm. the ones who mess this up. Moving on to baseball softball. Oh, what a game between the U.S. and Japan. And now it turns out that's a preview of the gold medal game. Mm-hmm. It was so exciting. U.S. won 2-1 to one on a Kelsey Stewart walk-off home run in the bottom of the seventh, which is the last inning, to win it. It was amazing. Because I really thought Japan was going to pull out this win. They had led. It was 0-0 for quite a while. And uh, then Japan got a run, and I thought, okay. And the U.S. just couldn't answer and couldn't answer and couldn't answer. But then at the very end, they pulled it out. That was incredible. The U.S. will have home advantage in the gold medal game, which means they will bat last. Uh, also, uh, Canada beat Italy 8-1, to and Mexico beat Australia 4-1. to The final standings for pool play, U.S. was the only team with the undefeated record, uh, followed by Japan at 4-1. and Canada at three and two, Mexico at two and three, Australia at one and four. Shocking. Exactly. And then Italy did not win any of their matches. So that means Canada and Mexico will meet up in the bronze medal match. Oh, watch them all. Um, let's move on to uh, women started play in basketball. So with these team sports, they have a lot of pool coverage or pool play and, and some of the other uh, badminton beach volleyball that have a lot of pools before they go to brackets we will have some news as we get further down the competition some of these sports have only played one game for everybody and uh, so it's really hard to understand where everybody stands at the moment beach volleyball shook flistani kelly clayson her partner the quote animated sarah sponsel which is what the nbc coverage said Clayson Sponsel beat uh, Latvia's Gardina and Krauchnoka two sets to one. Uh, first game was 21-13 in favor of the Latvians. Then uh, Clayson Sponsel came back for a 21-16 in the second set, and the third set only placed to 15, and they won 15-11. With a 6-0 scoring run at the end of the third set. Which was beautiful. So Chris Marlowe, who, I, and I keep complaining about the U.S. announcers, but I'm going to complain about him. He was really harsh on Clayson Sponsal. He had, he was critical of who they have as their coach. He was critical that they didn't go to Florida for heat training. He was critical that they're too expressive and then get too, like they're, they're not even keeled enough. I know. I was getting so mad. I was like, how dare you insult my baby like that? <laughs> Because, yeah, and then he was like, oh, Kelly's not doing this. And I'm like, Kelly is perfect. All of a sudden, I got so defensive of her. But, yeah, I mean, it, clearly, this is their first Olympics. And they're young. And some of that is going to show. And it's their first match. And Kelly said afterwards that they were both really nervous. And Kelly, and, and I guess Sarah, because she was on the same flight, were COVID exposed. Oh, that's right. I saw that. So they can still compete, but when they're not competing, they're pretty much isolated to their rooms. Right. Although I heard that she was able to get her hands on a PlayStation. Yes. And they were playing Spider-Man. 
I'm excited to see how they continue on. They're still in all this preliminary action. So a lot of the other favorites played and won as expected. So that's interesting to see how this will continue to shake out. Boxing had a lot of preliminary rounds and rounds of 16. So we'll probably start getting to some medal matches soon. Canoe Slalom. The men had their C1 race and finals today. Gold went to uh, Slovakia's Benjamin Savšek. Silver went to Lukas Rohan of Czech Republic. And bronze went to Sedaris uh, Tsitsidis from Germany. Moving on to cycling. Okay, we have to catch up because I did put the women's road race back on. And yesterday we talked about uh, Anna Kiesenhofer from Austria and how she won gold. And that was a real surprise. She came out of nowhere. She was Austria's first cycling medal since 1896. That was amazing. And then there was a lot of controversy because uh, Annemiek van Vluten from Netherlands thought she won the gold. She didn't realize that Anna Kiesenhofer was so far in front of her. She comes over the finish line and is raising her hand. She's so excited. And then she found out she won silver. And the Peloton did not realize. So the Peloton is this massive swarm of cyclists that all kind of race together. And then some will kind of break off. It's like a marathon. You know, some break off and they try to get ahead and then the peloton will catch up and catch them at different points. Sometimes you get somebody who breaks off and takes the victory and nobody can catch them. And that's what Hannah, uh, what happened with Kiesenhofer. So Olympic protocol dictates that the peloton races, uh, the, the peloton cannot have radio earpieces while they race. So they are dependent on in-race motorcycles and and the peloton of team cars to relay any time gaps to them. So the system broke down for the Netherlands team on Sunday and telephone lines between staffers and sport directors went haywire, according to Velo News. And so it was, Van Vluten said, such an important course and no communication. This is amateurish. She's right. She's right. I don't understand if it's normal protocol in road races to have the communi- the, the radio communicate, you know, the piece oh, in your ear. It's like they have something. I think that's it. And only the Olympics turn, t- takes that away. Makes no sense because it's not what they normally do in all the other races. Right. Which is, which is interesting. I was talking a little bit with our friend Elizabeth Emery over from Hear Her Sports podcast. And because she was a former road cyclist herself and i wondered how what went down oh and she said you know i said why couldn't the peloton just keep track of that and she goes you know there's really only so much you can keep track of while you're racing and your brain just stops registering some stuff at times right and if you don't see that person breaking away because let's say you're in the middle of the peloton and you physically can't see it and you're trying not to crash right or or if the people at the front of the peloton eventually move back because then they have to go and they're they're the team people who are doing some of the work, shielding some of the other cyclists, or they have to peel off and go back and get food. It's their turn to go get food, the food bags. Maybe that's part of the problem too. And they're not. And how many times can you count? You know, three people broke away, did three people fall back? And you're trying not to crash and run your race. That's why they have the rate. Yeah, this was... I felt so bad for her. But on the flip side, she still got a silver medal. This is a girl who who did a nasty crash in Rio. 
mm-hmm. with spine injuries and broken bones. So for her to be on the for her to be racing, never mind even come up with a podium finish is amazing, but stupid because it diminishes the race if they're not racing how they would race if they didn't have information. But I'm still happy for Kiesenhofer. Austria's thrilled. Chocolate for everybody. Um, I did dip into the men's mountain bike course a little bit. Again, it is out in an area of Japan where they can have fans. So you did see some fans around the cycle, the 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 track. Uh, mountain biking to me is is interesting because there are so many areas where it's just single file. And there are mountains that it sometimes it gets so steep and so windy that they have to get off their bikes and run it up the rest of the hill and then hop back on. Saw a nasty crash involving Matthew Vanderpool from Netherlands, who was pre-race favorite. And this is a little controversial because apparently in training, it was a it was a jump down from a rocky section to another kind of rocky section to a track. So uh, you had a lot of stone to clear. Well, apparently in training, there was a ramp down from the first rock to the second rock. And that ramp was removed during the race and he thought that ramp was going to be there and he ended up misjudging the jump and crashed spectacularly he's getting some x-rays hopefully he will be okay great britain's thomas pidcock won the race very nicely followed by switzerland's matthias flugiger and spain's david valero serrano who was so thrilled to win a medal in diving, it was the men's synchronized 10-meter platform. Thomas Daly and Maddie Lee from Great Britain won gold. Uh, Cao Wan and Chen Aizen from China won the silver. And Alexander Bodner and Viktor Minibiev from ROC took bronze. Uh, some news from Equestrian. Austria's Victoria Max Tirer withdrew from the dressage event because her horse Abiglen was diagnosed with an acute abscess at the root of a molar in his mouth. It was a dental issue. So you have to take care of the horse, of course. She's had to drop out of the competition. Austria's alternates did not go to Tokyo. So now Austria is out of the team competition. I watched dressage. Did you? Oh, what? what did you think? How... Have I not been obsessed with this before? This really? is the ice dancing of the Summer Olympics. It, it is. It is. It's the partnership. It's the, the pat, you know, it's like the old time original set pattern dance. Mm-hmm. They have the, the stirring movie music. There was some Legends of the Fall oh. music that I recognized. They have clever little nicknames for the horses. The biggest horse in the competition you know the physically biggest his name is mopsy <laughs> but that's his stable name like they have official names like um purebred dogs and then they have what they actually call them that's Stephen right, right right so it's the u.s Stephen peters uh, paralympian dressage writer uh sydney collier where rides all in one but they call him ollie ollie so he has mopsy uh charlotte dujardin pumpkin there are different clearly different styles oh the way the Americans ride versus how the Germans ride versus how the Brits ride. I loved it. And here's my best story. Isabel Wirth from Germany mm-hmm. is riding Bella Rose. You know, I love a good comeback story, but mm-hmm. it's the horse. Ooh. Bella Rose had a, a possibly deadly hoof disease. <gasps> Took three and a half years off and is now back competing. 
And the last I saw, she was very highly ranked. Yes, she was. I believe she's in the lead. Well, they. So Isabella and Bella Rose are. Wow. Yes. Well. And the American announcer, Melanie Smith-Taylor, was fantastic explaining why people were scoring what they were scoring. Okay. So it made it very, so if you're in the U.S., and I, and I hope the Brits and the Australians have similarly informative announcers, it was easy to watch and understand what was happening. But it's ice dancing with horses. That's <laughs> all you need to know. There's even an equivalent to the twizzle. There's the pilaf. Oh, well. <laughs> now we have a fan. Moving over to fencing. In the women's saber, gold went to uh, Sofia Pozdnikova from ROC. Gold, uh, silver went to Sofia Velikaya from ROC. And Frances Menon Brunette won the bronze over on men's foil. Jung Ka Long from Hong Kong won the gold. It's only Hong Kong's second gold medal. And do you remember when they won their first? Yes, we talked about that when we were doing an Atlanta moment. Exactly. Uh, they won their first gold medal in 1996, and now 25 years later, they won another. So congratulations to them. That's so exciting. Uh, silver went to Daniela Caroso from Italy, and Alexander Chupinich from Czech Republic won the bronze. Uh, if you are a U.S. fencing fan, uh, Mariel Zagunas is very uh, well-known name in women's saber fencing. She lost in the quarterfinals. Moving over to some action in the Nippon Budokan for judo. The women's 57 kilogram and the men's 73 kilograms all competed. For the women, Nora Gyakova from Kosovo won gold. So that is like Kosovo's like second gold medal of these games. It's incredible. Uh, France's Sarah Leona Sizik won silver. And bronze medals went to uh, Tsukasa Yoshida from Japan and Jessica Klimkate from Canada. In, in the men's competition, Shohei Ono from Japan won gold. So yay, another Japanese gold. Lasha Shavili from Georgia won silver. Uh, uh, Tsong Batar Tsend Ochir from Mongolia. And Ang Chan Grim from Korea won bronzes. And yesterday I mentioned, I wondered if the Abe's were related because on the men's side and the women's side uh uta and hufumi abe won the goals they are brother and sister i love that yay mom and dad and there was such a nice clip on uh nbc talk uh showing how she was rooting for her brother because she had won gold first and she was so excited when he won it was it's it's awesome all right rugby seven started up i watched some did you watch any I did. I watched. I had it on for a couple matches because I'm I'm so excited about Team Fiji. They every every team played uh, two games, so we had some solid wins from Fiji. They beat Japan and Canada, and at, at the beginning they looked like they were a little rusty, but uh, they did pull out the win. And it was funny because uh, Book Club Claire was texting me and said, "Oh hey," because we're reading uh, Ben Ryan's book Seven's Heaven, which was about their 2016 gold medal. And some of the characters in that book are still on the roster for Team Fiji. So like Jerry Tuai is still on the roster and it's fun to be able to watch them compete. Best part about Rugby Sevens, I think so far, is how they deliver the ball to the pitch. Did you see this? I saw it because she posted it, but I hadn't noticed it because I, I watched the Great Britain Canada 
Oh, okay. Where, where Canada got blanked. Yeah, that was a painful. Yeah, but... Great, Great Britain just smacked them 24 nothing. Yeah. So please tell us about the best piece of equipment at the rugby match. Okay. So this is the best piece of equipment, I think, probably until we go to the athletics competition, because I bet we're going to see it there too. It is a little autonomous robot car that has on top of it, they have a little green square of turf and the rugby goalposts. And then they put the rugby ball in the center. The car drives out to the middle of the pitch and then kind of punts the ball through the goalposts onto the ground. And that's how they deliver the ball to the pitch. It is so much fun to watch. It's my favorite thing. I'll have to find a clip of it to post it in the Facebook group. Facebook group, by the way, is mm-hmm. rocking. Yes. It's so, so exciting. If, if you are on Facebook, please take a look for Keep the Flame Alive podcast Facebook group because we are busy. Right. And it's fun because people are watching different things. So it, I mean, obviously 29 sports, we can't watch everything, but it's so much fun to get everybody's input on what they are seeing. Um, movie. I did watch shooting, watched some skeet this morning before we taped, uh, the, uh, men's and women's both had their skeet competitions. Amber English from the U S won gold, Diana Bacosi from Italy won silver and away men from China won bronze on the men's side. Vincent Hancock from the USA won gold. Jesper Hansen from Denmark won silver and Abdullah Afrajidi from Kuwait won bronze. And I believe he's like 57 years old. So don't give up on that dream. (laughs) Just take up shooting. I do want to mention because this happened I watched a clip of William Shaner winning the air rifle competition from yesterday. And after he won the gold, he was just like, oh, hey, you want to see my rifle? Okay, I'm holding up my rifle. Oh, I guess I won gold. And I'm I'm walking. And it was just very nonchalant. And that happened with Amber English, too. She went, She was crying a little bit, but it was just like, they are so focused in on this sport that requires so much mental concentration, but to watch them kind of transition back into being a human who has emotions and feelings is that's that transition is very slow for a shooter. You don't get all that excitement right away. It's very interesting to watch because unlike swimmers or track stars who feed off the adrenaline, they need that adrenaline to, to perform well. The shooters need to not have any adrenaline. I will say the stream announcers from the OBS are very good in skeet. They were really good about explaining what was happening. That is hard to watch on TV because you can't, the way the backdrop is set up in the stadium, because I think they don't want clays to go beyond a certain point. So they have big black netting up. So it makes it very hard to see the targets until they get shot. And then they're this bright, pink puff of smoke so that that makes it difficult to watch on tv and i also wanted the camera to pull back a little bit because you'd see a puff of smoke or you'd hear that oh they shot both and you'd only see one puff of smoke because the camera was not far back enough because the the clays go from different angles and how they have to shoot skateboarding i watched it tried again you tried again i tried again with the women a couple things that i noticed number one under 18s must wear a helmet. Oh, that's that's and nice. since the women's tournament, and I put the word women in quotes, you had 
two 13-year-olds and a 16-year-old on the podium. And they were not unique. I think the there was one American who was 34, but pretty much everybody else in the finals was wearing a helmet, which means they're under 18. Wow. So then that begs the question, if you are, if everybody in your sport is peaking at like 13 or 14. You got a problem in your sport. Mm, okay. And the scores of the women's were considerably lower than the men's. Don't know, because the announcing was poor, whether they're using a different scale or their difficulty level was much less. Okay. It seemed to be, but because they never explained what anybody was doing. Oh, I hate that because they just say, oh, they did this trick. Right, and but I don't explain what that means. Wipeouts. There were girls in the final who got straight zeros across the board because they did not complete a trick. Wow. It If this is the showcase for your sport, it was bad. Wow. They need- the girls did not have the earbuds and the phones. So I guess that's an improvement. Mm. Well, I wonder if they're all wearing helmets, if that's also a rule that they can't have earbuds in. Possibly. I, something to look up. They need to take a cue from the weightlifters who sometimes when we talked with uh, Seb from Weightlifting House, he told us about the whole strategy of how you have to pick your three weights. And sometimes, and they not necessarily go low, but their first weight will be a lift that gets them into the competition. Because if you scratch out, you're, you're done. And that was noted on, in some of the weightlifting commentary, I heard just the the announcer would just mention, oh yeah, they they got it. They had to get into the competition, and then they would try lifts that were maybe a stretch for them and not make it, but at least they made it into the the game. So maybe skateboarders do some tricks that you can manage to get a score. I tried again with surfing. I had it on a small screen, but I tried, and I still don't understand what's happening. I'm sorry. But we're now in head-to-head brackets in the competition. Maybe I'll try again. And, and, and not that I expect that further down the competition, the announcers are going to do any better about explaining what we're seeing. Well, are you watching it on network coverage or streaming? I have tried both. Okay. And the network coverage was worse. Isn't that usually the case? Yeah. Because I just don't think, I, I don't think they get that people are tuning into their sport for the first time and maybe that's a what's a, what's a, the co- i don't want to call it the coastal elite but where media is on the coasts and they forget that you have a whole bunch of states you fly over and i'm a midwestern and grew up as a midwestern and there is no surfing culture around where i grew up i mean i grew up on the east coast there's no surfing culture well there's some sir <laughs> But I think they forget that there are huge swaths of the country and maybe swaths of the world where there is no surfing culture and therefore no knowledge of what is happening in surfing. So again, if you are trying to showcase this new hip sport that all the kids are doing, and I want to see what the kids are up to these days. You know what coverage was awesome? What? Swimming. Oh, because Rowdy Gaines. Well, just in general. So much happened in swimming. It did. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So first off we had the, for, there were a lot of semifinals and finals all together in the uh, morning session, which is uh, conveniently not by, not by happenstance, but it's conveniently prime time for America. Highly engineered to be that way. 
But women's 100-meter butterfly victory, gold went to Maggie McNeil of Canada. So yay for Canada. Uh, Zhang Yufei from China won silver, and Emma McKeon from Australia won bronze. So close was that race. Yeah. All the way down the line. Yeah. And yep. Sarah uh, Sostrom finished seventh. Yes, she was the defending champion and the world record holder. Yes. Yes, she was just nowhere to be found in that pool. That was really surprising. Uh, Men's 100-meter breaststroke, Great Britain's Adam Peaty, gold, back-to-back gold medals. Uh, He's only the second person to win back-to-back gold medals in this event. Uh, Silver went to Arno Kaminga from Netherlands, and bronze went to Niccolo Bartongelli from Italy. But that was a great race. I mean, and Adam Peaty was just literally head and shoulders in front of these guys. Uh, then we had the women's 400 meter freestyle, which of course was the big debut of Katie Ledecky from the US and how she is expected to win very many gold medals. She came in silver position. Not unexpectedly, though. I watched the little package they did on Ariane Titmus from Australia. And how she has been up and coming in this event and actually beat Katie Ledecky not that long ago. At the World Championships. Yes. So Ledecky is the reigning, or no longer, but was the reigning Olympic champion. Titmus was the reigning world champion. And it was close and it was exciting. And then in the post-race interview, the respect that the two of them showed each other was wonderful and joyful and... So much nicer than when the rivalry is bitter. This was two really great swimmers swimming their hearts out. And Ledecky was like, I got beat. She was just better than me. And it was, I think she. they said it was Ledecky's second fastest time ever. Wow. So it was an incredibly fast race. And Titmus just beat her. And Australians, rightfully so, going nuts. Right, because this, they're have not won many individual gold medals. A woman, an Australian woman, has not won an individual gold medal in swimming since 2008. Wow. I mean, in swimming in Australia is it. Mm -hmm. This is is their their World Series. This is what they want. So congratulations to Ariane. And the bronze medal in that race went to Li Bingji from China. Men's 100-meter freestyle relay. Gold, USA, silver, Italy, bronze, Australia. I did not see this event. Did you? I did. All right. Very surprised at Australia. Oh, really? Did you think that it would be much closer? And they I would- thought it would be much closer. They they definitely uh, struggled. So this is Caleb Dressel's first medal of the uh, these games. Okay. And usually the U.S. 4x100 is kind of the brashest team on the deck. Mm-hmm. And these four were not. I mean, they were excited to win, but there was, there are different kind of swimmers. Interesting. Uh, you know, a follow-up, because I forgot to look into this uh, storyline. Remember, uh, Rikako Ike from Japan was coming back to swim in the Olympics post-leukemia treatments. Uh, she was only going to be swimming in the relays. Japan in the 4x100 free relay, they did not reach the final. But she said it was really lovely to be able to swim and take part of it. Table tennis. This is on my list to go back and watch because the mixed doubles competition ended. 
gold went to uh, China, the team of Zhu Jin and Liu Shiwen. Japan won the silver. Mizutani Jun and Ito Mima. And then bronze went to France, the pair of Emmanuel Lebesson and Wang Jianan, who beat our Shukvastani, Millie Tapper and Heming Hu in the first round. See, so some people have two different ways to go when you're doing plays like this. Some people want the person that, to who beat them to do really well mm-hmm. because then like your loss meant something. And other people have the reverse where it's like, oh, if you beat me, I want you to lose right away. I like the, they beat our, our Millie, but they got a bronze. So it was okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm also on that boat. <laughs> At Taekwondo, uh, the competitions were the women's 67 kilogram and the men's 80 kilogram. So on the women's side, uh, gold went to Croatia's Matea Jelic. Silver went to Great Britain's Lauren Williams. Bronze went to Hedaya Malik from Egypt, who beat USA's Paige McPherson to win that medal. And the other bronze went to Ruth Bajbi from Cote d'Ivoire. On the men's side, gold went to uh, ROC's Maxim Kramkov. Saleh El-Sharabati from Jordan won the silver. And bronze went to Saif Issa and Tony, uh, from Egypt and Tony Kanet from Croatia. In tennis, uh, Naomi Osaka won her second match. She handily beat Switzerland's Victoria Golubic in straight sets. And sad news is that Team GB's two-time Olympic champion, Andy Murray, withdrew from the singles competition because he has a minor thigh strain. He does intend to keep playing in the doubles competition. His partner is Joe Salisbury. Men's triathlon. Did you see any of this? I decided to drop in and then I had to go back and, and watch the beginning because I dropped in at the end, of, near the end of the cycling leg. There were some issues. This was nuts. So... <laughs> Nuts in all the amazing ways, okay? First off, the swim course is interesting because it they have to do two laps in open water. And to get to lap two, they have to hop back up on the starting platform and then hop back into the water. So the commentators were saying that kind of messes with your swim stride a little bit because you're in a groove and then all of a sudden you have to change get out of the water hop back in and get that groove back so that was really interesting the actual start was a weird false start because there was kind of a on your marks and then half of the swimmers jumped in the water i wasn't sure if there was ever a go and the other half couldn't jump into the water because there was a big boat in front of them. <laughs> it was one of the boats as a, with the competition. It might have been a boat with a camera in it, but it was blocking their way. So they're just still standing on the starting platform going, what's going on? And it took quite a ways. I, you know, it might have been like 10 meters, 20 meters to, to rein in these people who did start the race and tell them, hey, the race was a false start. And nobody was responsible for that. But then, you know, you're expending all that energy and you have to go back and start again. So they started and everything looked really good and they get on the bike and then they get to the run and Christian Blumenfeld from Norway just pours it on at the end. And this is a race that started, the start time kept getting moved up and it started at 6.30 in the morning because by the run, uh, runners had, 
ice bags in their chest. They're handing the volunteers are handing out ice bags. They're running through misters. They're dumping water all over their heads because the humidity is it's kind of hot and humid where they are. And I wondered, but haven't been able to figure this out if uh, because some of the roads were silver, and I wondered if that was some of the road technology that the organizing committee was putting in for the marathon. So on my list to try to figure out. But Christian Blumenfeld, who was 27th out of the water, pours it on at the end of the run, just blows past everyone and all the favorites to win. <laughs> he's getting near the end, and he is he is definitely winning. But he's got his hands on his head. He's looking back like, I can't believe what's going on. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And he finally wins, and he's just so over the moon because of just pulling it out. He also had this very, he also had this white high tech suit that they had been, he and his team had been developing for some time, which apparently helped a lot in terms of being able to handle the heat. But that was a really fun win to watch. Also interesting was uh, one of the US competitors got a penalty after the swim leg because he didn't get his cap in the box apparently you have to when you're removing equipment you have a little box and your bike is on a stand in your staging area you all of your equipment has to get into the box and i'm sure that's not to you know because you don't want other racers tripping all over it yet again another time clearly a mom with a toddler was involved in this (laughs) it goes in the box or it's 15 seconds in the penalty box for you and yeah he did he had to serve out a penalty one of the other cyclists the first one in there's a a big red line that you have to stop and get off of the bike because then you go into the transition area you have to go the into the transition area on your feet and he almost couldn't get off the bike in time which was kind of interesting to watch so, uh, yes, Christian Blumenfeld from Norway won the gold. Alex Yi from Great Britain won silver. And Hayden Weld from New Zealand won bronze. Uh, over in volleyball, it looks like everyone has played one game in their pools. Uh, in water polo, women have played two games. Men have played one. You, did you see any of that action? I, I watched a women's volleyball game, and I just want to mention this quickly. Okay. Um, it was China versus Turkey, and China is falling apart at the seams very Mm. unexpectedly turkey upset them it was huge the turkish coach is named uh, giovanni guadetti clearly not turkish (laughs) but clearly beloved by his players so that was really it it was really fun to watch so if you get to catch a, a match with the turkish women the relationship between coach and player is pretty special Oh, and, and Paul Sunderland, once again, becoming my one of my favorite guys. <laughs> he just he said to them at one point, his advice to the players was, just keep swinging, just keep swinging. <laughs> and he sang it like Dory from, oh. uh, <laughs> from Finding Nemo. <laughs> and finally, weightlifting. It was the women's 55 kilogram competition. And... Uh, Hidalin Diaz from the Philippines won gold, which is the first gold medal in the Philippines history. So that's super exciting. Listener Patrick from Green Bay has been posting about it in Facebook group because he's really thrilled. Uh, and that's really exciting to see. And I bet the country's going a little nuts. Then silver went to Liao uh, Chuan, and bronze went to Kazakhstan's Zulfia uh, Chinsalo. Um, I will be definitely going back to watch that. 
Okay. Shuklistan, watch. Yes. So uh, Stephanie Robel and Maggie Shea uh, had their, it seems like they had their preliminary race three rescheduled. So they will be in the water. Uh, Luca Jones will be in the semifinals. And I'm just going to say it, the finals of K1. Uh, we've got the gold medal softball match with uh, Team USA's coach, Laura Berg. And Millie Tapper is back in table tennis in the women's competition. Excellent. Excellent. Let us know what you are watching and catching up on. You can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com. Text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. Uh, also, like we said, our Facebook group, Flame Alive, uh, Keep the Flame Alive podcast, is hopping. Special shout out to our Patreon patrons who give us ongoing financial support that keeps our flame alive. So, time to catch a nap and get back to the action because we got a big day on tap tomorrow. So, as we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, Sayonara. Thank you so much for listening, and until tomorrow, keep the flame alive. <laughs>